You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, y'all. We have a funny story for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're like us, not watching Riverdale this week because uh, there is none. And it's a hiatus week, and despite your apparent specialty being Riverdale, <laughs> your only qualifying special skill Ooh. apparently being watching Riverdale and thinking about watching Riverdale, mm-hmm. and yet if you, like us, also just forgot that this was a hiatus week, well, <laughs> be in good company. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I had Ryan over for dinner. And we were sitting down to eat the homemade pizza that I had um, made. Mm-hmm. And we turned on Netflix and there was no Riverdale and episode. And we fought with Netflix to get it, too. We did. We There was a lot of Netflix that happened. Mm-hmm. Internet is um, perhaps in ad- responding in advance to its pending fears about net neutrality. The internet is <laughs> flickering with terror, as are we all. As are we all. So, um... We were thinking, Ryan was thinking very mm-hmm. intelligently since he was already here, more or less across town. And, and very well fed on yes. vegan spinach pizza. Um, and you think that sounds gross, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, Why don't we, we just talk we about our hiatus week, Riverdale? Our, like, kind of halfway point. Like, mm-hmm. last year was a 13 episode season mm-hmm. we just watched episode six the the drag race of death uh yeah. which is not its name death proof but was it really deserving of su- such a serious reference as death okay death proof wasn't actually serious serious but i feel like the writers are trying really hard to be like we're not as stupid as the content we're writing <laughs> <laughs> so i watched a really lovely interview with the cast um mm-hmm. the other day and um, they were talking about how earnestly the characters mean the universe. Mm, and I yeah. loved that because I think that that's true. Like, I just made this sort of snarky comment about the writing being stupid. Yeah. And, like, it is not high art. No. That's not what we're aiming for here with Riverdale. Nor need it be. Nor need it be. And um, I love that they're right, that the characters mean this universe so earnestly. Yeah. And every actor is so present and there. And it's just great. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, we're just going to chat a little bit about uh, this show that is absent this week. Uh, and treat this as a little halfway-easy point, a little check-in, a little how we do in this season, um, and maybe share some thoughts and theories and opinions and feelings of what's sticking with us so far. Yeah, should we go through character by character, maybe? Oh, that's a good, that's a good thought. major characters? We planned this so well, gang. (laughs) Um, let us start with Archie, because he's Archie. Beautiful, um, dorky little KJ Appa's portrayal. Yeah. I feel like um, Archie is, like, getting more foolish, mm. Um, for lack of a better word. I think, yeah, I think foolish is the right word. Like, he's he seems to have a little less agency than he did last season. Right. Uh, well, he seems to be very caught up in his paranoia, and then caught up in his relationship with Veronica. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that Veronica is the dominant one in that relationship. I think that's awesome. 
I think it is also accurate of how that would play out. Like, Veronica Lodge is... Gonna be in charge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he... Um, I feel like there's gonna be a conversation about either... I feel like there's gonna be a conversation about Fred's health because of that mm, moment that yeah. they lingered over with the pill. Yep, totally. So Archie's not really clocking that. And it's been yes. a real whiplash season so far uh-huh. for him, right? Like, we started in the opposite place of mm-hmm. where Archie was at the beginning of season one. At the beginning of season one, um, as ill-advised as his relationship with Miss Grundy might have been, um, he was, uh, in the words of Kevin Keller, uh, Archie got hot mm-hmm. over the summer, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Archie has a hot older girlfriend who is teaching him how to follow his dreams. Again, however ill-advised this is, from the Archie perspective, things are going pretty good at the beginning of season one. Yeah. Um, Jason Blossom aside, and that is perhaps the least relevant thing to Archie's life in all of Riverdale at that moment as well. Um, yeah. And instead here, we're jumping into Archie, uh, not just at a low point, but in a problem-solving point. At a, mm. at a, at a, like a conflict where he does not know where to go next, what to do next, and, you know, in those first two episodes that we commented, doesn't really seem to have any responsible adults around at all. Like, Molly Ringwald is late to that game. Yeah, and parents are both distracted by the fact that one of them has been shot in the belly. Quite reasonably. <clears throat> Quite reasonably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I sort of feel like Archie's at. I feel like Archie's really yeah. at sea, and all of these things have been set in motion. Like, the mm-hmm. gun, and the fight with the South Side. The vigilante mob that he started. The vigilante and mob. half disbanded, but not before, yeah. like, getting himself on an FBI watch list. And now the serpents are gonna be on his case because he called the cops on that drag race. Right. So I feel like all these things are set in motion that are going to come back to bite him and I'm interested to see how the show deals with that. I'm interested to see how he survives this? Yeah. Um, Man, I... Did I say this aloud? I don't know if I did or not, but hmm. I was wondering if the punchline of this show was going to be that Archie dies. <laughs> that would be... I don't like it. Interesting. Yeah, it wouldn't be a, a happy fuzzy... No, moment. I don't even think it would be, like, that good plot-wise, honestly. No, no. It would not be happy or fuzzy either. <laughs> it would... Like, if J.K. Rowling had actually killed Harry Potter... Yeah. <laughs> we all accepted it as an option, but was anyone actually pulling for that? As, like, the, the fun narrative choice? Mm-hmm. Well, Harry, as a character, has a... I mean, Harry Potter isn't high literature either, in my opinion. <laughs> it's excellent world-building, but it's definitely mm-hmm. not high literature. Um... And I think that is someone who is a loves Harry Potter. I'm in Ravenclaw, just so everyone knows. Hufflepuff over here. <laughs> Ryan's an Hufflepuff. It's important. Yes. Um, I live with a Slytherin. It's an interesting combination for you. Can, you, you can tell that my roommate's oh, a Slytherin. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and also, why would we bother with Gryffindors? Sorry, Griffies. Our my friend, my friend Jordan's a Gryffindor. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's been confirmed okay. by With the biking, many other people. Jordan is an aggressive biker, like racy aggressive. Yeah, Gryffindor. Okay, that's pretty Gryffindor, yeah. yeah. His yeah, yeah. lack of consideration for his own survival 
in the face of thrills. Yeah. Is relevant. On his daily commute. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But he's a quiet, sweet Gryffindor. Much Those happen, time. Neville. True, true. Just saying. Um, not that Jordan and Neville are really alike. Anyway, um, sorry, we're getting distracted. By we're Harry name, Potter. We're name dropping and getting distracted by Harry Potter. Sorry, Riverdale gang. Um, oh, what house is Archie in? Is he a Hufflepuff? Oh, he's a, he's a Gryffindor. He's is, got, is he intelligent enough to be a Gryffindor? Gryffindor has nothing to do with intelligent. Gryffindor has hmm. to do with problem solving by forming mobs. That's really accurate. Okay, what house, I feel like... Veronica's a Slytherin. Veronica is Slytherin. Is deeply. Betty Slytherin? Like secret Slytherin? I think Bet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Betty is ambitious and cutting mm-hmm. and on point. And Betty and Veronica are a match set. Yeah, they're Slytherin for sure. Yeah. Um. And by the way, Slytherin does not have a negative connotation in this house. Mm-hmm. Slytherin is not a slur. Um. What? Uh. Kevin's a Hufflepuff. Could be a Gryffindor. Could be, could be, I mean, he does go night jogging a lot during a, a murder spree. Yeah, he could be. He's um, very good hearted, I feel, Griffey. but he's like, he's a bit Gryffindor. Um, um, he's also kind of a, very drawn <laughs> to the drama. And that's not the Hufflepuffiest of flavors. I guess that's true. That is very Griffey. Yeah. Is I, anyone in the show Hufflepuff? <sighs> Hufflepuffs are so rarely main characters. Yeah, Jughead like, is a Ravenclaw? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. He is so far... <laughs> up his own brain um <laughs> i could see ethel as a hufflepuff ethel problem solves by yeah. asking her friends for help yeah i think josie and the pussycats are all slytherins oh yeah they're well, very ambitious well josie's a slytherin valerie's a slytherin we haven't heard a word out of melody's mouth so we can't be sure about that oh no that. she had one line you do like your cheese fries josie you are right yeah but I think I think. See the how jury much I'm noticing out. that minor character. Write her some lines. We want Melody. Melody was my favorite pussycat growing up. Hmm. Um, and so her, her underuse is disheartening. Yeah. But like she I'm talking, I'm talking in those like Hanna Barbera seventies vintage cartoons of Josie and the Pussycats. Did you watch those? No, I didn't. I've never even hmm. seen the the early two thousands Josie and the Pussycats film, although, <gasps> although I had the soundtrack. Blasphemy, friends! Um, next hiatus week, <laughs> you want to just we'll watch Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, yeah, and we won't do a play by play because that's like a two hour yeah. podcast. But which brings me back to how much I would love to have a Josie and the Pussycats spinoff of this show. Right now, moving on to the next character, uh, Veronica. Yeah. Veronica. Veronica. Veronica's fire i am here for veronica taking over the world yeah um at every step she has taken what's been thrown at her and like made it work Mm -hmm. and she hasn't always made the smart move she hasn't always made the responsible move except that she usually does when no one else does Mm -hmm. like she makes sure archie's okay in the face of a severe crisis Mm -hmm. she supports him through his stupid decisions and I've argued before that that is a power play between her family dynamics. But she is making yeah. the best of a tough spot and some dumb choices. Yeah. Um, that do not, that are not directly about her relationship. Archie's making dumb choices in other parts of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the Nick St. Clair arc. Yeah. She is on fire and I like it. Yeah, I do too. I'm here for Veronica this season, but I was here for Veronica last season, and I don't think I've stopped being here for Veronica yet. Yeah. Um, I do 
it was interesting what you were just saying now mm-hmm. about um, her supporting him being a power play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I we I I don't know who I was talking about this with recently, but we were talking about um, how you have power when you're marginalized, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like the girlfriend wife supporting the husband boyfriend yeah. is like a very classic kind of. Mm-hmm. very patriarchally patriarchically framed thing yes but when you are supportive you do have power because you're someone's source of strength mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that like just being an unending source of support is like what lady folks should do obviously mm-hmm. but i think it's interesting that you pinpoint that about veronica because mm-hmm. um, i know as someone who's been essentially a you know a straight cis girl in a relationship with a man mm-hmm. um, that I um, essentially in terms of like how I'm being perceived and like in the moment, whatever yeah. um, uh, is like you, do, like you, you do do that. Sometimes you do mm-hmm. support for power, right? It's a maneuver. It's not really, a man- you don't really know you're doing it though. Cause it's such a, such a role, mm-hmm. but I think Veronica knows she's doing it. Yes. Yeah. And I think she's learned very explicitly. Mm-hmm. how to play that mm-hmm. um, as an intentional maneuver. Yeah. Um, and I am interested in seeing her both utilizing that strategy learned from her mother while also playing her father's game. Mm. Um, certainly, I think in her mind, she's playing on his level. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think that, I that, and I'm very interested in that. And I enjoyed, um, despite the circumstances, despite you know, the plot, um, that she actually got a one-up on Hiram Lodge mm-hmm. in uh, the the traffic accident at the end of the last episode. How'd she get a one-up? I think I agree um, with you, but just Because he, she got a, a gut emotion reaction out of him and got what she wanted mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. his snap yeah. reaction. And I think that's how Hiram plays the game a lot. I think that's how he's played with Archie. I think that's how he played with Pops. I think that mm. seems to be the type of mafia maneuvering business that he does. When he has confidence, calm, cool control, he can shape mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and use others' response. Veronica, confidently and in control, told her parents, this guy tried to assault me and used their response. And I think as much as that's a means to its own end, I think that is also um, a means of shifting the power dynamics for Veronica. Hmm. Because once you have effectively pinned someone on the mats once, the idea that you you are better able to do it again mm-hmm. when you might not have the same cards to play. Mm-hmm. They've, sh- they've shown the ability to, to, to be played. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, interesting. So in in Veronica, it's it's a, such a different show. Like I I feel like it's taking notes from shows like Empire, shows like House of Cards, shows like Mad Men, even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But in a teenage feminist Latina, hmm, yeah, um, who is coming to terms with her own privilege, yeah. Which is an interesting arc because the people in this show generally, the South Side Serpents, are caricatures of lack of privilege. But I yeah. find that the level of privilege that the main characters have is not that, like, inaccurate. 
Yeah, yeah. And their blindness about their privilege is, like, pretty accurate, in my opinion. Totally. Which is why I'm intrigued by the the class war arc we're getting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's sloppy and ham-fisted a lot, but that a lot of the nuances are right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who's, who we want to talk about next? Well. Jug Juggy? Jug Juggy? Let's do it. Juggy Jug Jug. Forsyth P. Jones. Jughead is going on an arc that I think, like, what I liked about Jughead in the Mm -hmm. last season Mm -hmm. was that they turned the character on its head. Mm. And that was really fun. Um, he's now been turned on his head and we accept this as Jughead. Yeah. Having, so the fact that he is now this Jughead, I feel like this is like a really kind of stereotypical path he's taking mm. over for his dad and being a serpent leader yeah and i'm waiting for that to get interesting i think i'm the least engaged with jughead's story right now mm, that's interesting um hmm. i at the same time i have i i think i have the most empathy for jughead <laughs> but i also am the least like invested in his current story mm-hmm. um Part of that is when taken seriously, when taken to its full naturalistic weight, um, I don't see a good outcome for Jughead's current story. Uh, a good outcome for in Jughead. Terms, in terms of good writing or in terms of him being happy and healthy at the end of the in show? In terms of him being happy and healthy by the end of the show. Yeah. I am I not sold that uh, there is a deliverable path to resol- to a positive resolution to the Jughead story, short of Jughead losing his connection to his privileged high school friends from his old life. And, you know, if we cut to, cut to 20 years and deal with Jughead getting out of prison from his second conviction, like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a, that's a believable story for me, for the path they've set him on and how deep they've got him in. He is orchestrating a gang war right now. Yeah. That is that is where Jughead is at. Maybe Jughead's gonna die. Um, I mean, that's, I guess... This show is due for killing say, a major character. Desperate Housewives did it on the episode one, killing their narration character, but... <laughs> oh, I've, I've never actually seen any Desperate Housewives. It's, um... You know, in the in the hierarchy of sugar trash, we could jump in that sometimes. Oh, also, also Terry Hatcher's character reminds me creepily of my mother in that show. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. I have never seen a character that reminds me of my mother. Oh yeah, ever Terry Hatcher and Desperate Housewives it, it, oh, to to like over the top degrees reminds me of my mother. Wow, that's and so I'm not sure she would take that as a compliment. <laughs> Um, I hope so. But anyway, Juggy. Juggy. Um, yeah. I, so, yeah, I also am, I feel like they're going to make Jughead asexual. I feel like it's going to happen. I'm, I'm banking on it. They've quashed both of his romantic interests this season. And maybe they've heard us. Maybe they've heard us. Maybe they're listening. I mean. So is that canon that Jughead's asexual? In the comics, yes. In the, he has explicitly on the page stated the identity asexual. In the comics written by the people who write the comics. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's not a fanfic that became a thing. Nope. Okay. That is an that is an imprint Archie comic comic. Hmm. Yep. I believe the scene uh, involves him and Kevin walking down the hallway and bantering basically about how hard it is to date when you're one of the only out gay kids 
and how it's not a problem for you, self-identified asexual kid. Oh. And, like, discussing... That creates a lot of erasure of asexual people, but okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, it's asexual more nuanced than I expected from an Archie comic. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we've established yeah, totally. that Jughead in this show, at least, is not a romantic. No, indeed. He is Super definitely not. not a romantic. Um, no, not a romantic. Hmm. Although I have met a romantic people who are romantics. It's really interesting. That is a complex intersection of identity and social expectation. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what it is. Hmm. Um, so Jughead is going down a path and we don't see the a bright future for a poor Jughead. Yeah. Now I'm unless he makes peace in Riverdale and we don't have a third season. <laughs> <laughs> I expect something from the show. Like I expect they're gonna give me something with Jughead. And his story. I suspect they're gonna find, you know, a resolution that takes us out of it and then leaves us with whatever plot hooks for next season. That's what I'm expecting. But I don't know how they're going to get there in an authentic or believable way yet. And their handling of the drag race has not convinced me that they're going to be quite as soft touch, quite as emotionally nuanced as as I kind of want from that. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm along for the ride with Jughead right now, but I'm a little, a little questioning about the, the destination yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Mm. I just don't know where it's going. I don't know if mm. it's going to kind of get limp and he's going to leave. Maybe he's going to leave Riverdale and then come back once he thinks mm. it's died down and it won't actually have died down. Maybe that'll happen. That'd be a great between season Yeah. blip. Or if he disappears for like three episodes in this season and then comes back or something mm. like that. Betty. Betty. What is even happening with Betty? Thank God. Betty is becoming the Sierra killer hunter. Betty is an episode of Criminal Minds right now. Yeah. Um, interesting choices for the character. I like how she's kind of flipped being the sweet blonde victim mm-hmm. on its head. I don't know if it's worked. Mm-hmm. Um, at all. Yeah. Because the Black Hood may have hung up because he's like, okay. This means war. Yeah. Or maybe he's hung up in fear. But I'm, I am also f- am interested to see Betty go to war. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like, towns will burn. Yeah. As the army of Betty rages through the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am... And, and, and the things Betty has gone through this season. Now, Cheryl Blossom's been through some stuff. Yeah. Uh, Veronica has mysterious past. Yeah. Everyone's had problems, but Betty has had some serious, bizarre brain trauma this season. Mm -hmm. Betty has been horribly manipulated emotionally and, like, sociopathically sent to put on creepy death masks in abandoned houses. Yeah. Like... The stakes in Betty's plot right now feel uh, bigger to me than anyone else's. Yeah. Especially because... she's sort of become the main character of the show over the last few episodes. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. And I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm totally here for it. I like it. it. Um, And they're doing 
brave things, I think, in letting her relatively firm black and white moral lines Mm -hmm. show, letting that be a core component of the character, and then looking at the worst outcome Mm -hmm. of that morality, of her rigid suburban small town trope morality mm-hmm. um with her mother everything her everything alice cooper does and says is an exploration of that with the black hood mm-hmm. why he picked her <clears throat> how he picked her as this mm-hmm. target minion saw game mm-hmm. um but betty has not changed no, right? I, so this brings me to an interesting thing. I just reread, or read rather, sorry, for the first mm. time, a book on playwriting. Mm-hmm. And um, the, it's called Backwards and Forwards. You've written like 20 plays. You've, I've not you've read, read many books on playwriting, right? What? No, I've written, I've read, I've written no books on playwriting. I've read one book on playwriting. But you write such good plays. No, I know. I was going to say I had good teachers. Okay. They are um, the books. They are books, essentially. <laughs> I was just thrown by that idea of like, why are you bothering with a book of playwriting, Chloe? It was loaned to me, so I decided to read it. Um, Backwards and Forwards by David Ball, loaned to me by Mazzy Willis. Mm. Um, And I, um, in the, in the, I was really cheered by this because I'm constantly told when I'm writing plays, if the characters don't change by the end, it won't be interesting for anyone. Mm. And I object to that because people don't change Mm. over the course of two hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do, but like people don't change fundamentally all that much, in my opinion, in this life, to be honest. And in the book, it was like, don't worry about the character changing by the end of the play because people don't change (laughs) in real life. And I was like, yes, I don't need Betty to change. No. I get, uh, yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Um, I don't mind her being broken down. So so a a teacher of mine at university, oh, sorry, I'm mistelling that story. A friend of mine at university (laughs) relayed to me a story that a teacher told her, which was all you're doing when you're writing a novel is putting, uh, getting a girl to climb a tree, throwing rocks at her, and then getting her back down. (laughs) That's what you're doing. So Betty is in throwing rocks phase right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so many rocks it, are being thrown at Betty, and she's she going to get bruised the... and scarred, but I don't care if she changes. She has frankly. chosen to throw the rocks back. Yeah. Without budging from her tree. Yeah. And it's cool. It's cool. I like it. She's building a treehouse up there. Mm-hmm. It's good shit. Good stuff. Ah. I like it a lot. Um, so, yeah, I am, regardless of how ridiculous the black mask has gotten to me, uh, I'm, I'm here for Betty. Black I'm Hood. Here for... Black Hood. It's okay. I just swore on the podcast. I can't talk. I've been reading a lot of um, Batman fan fiction mm-hmm. about the Red Hood lately. Red- uh, oh, yeah. 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 yeah one of my right. favorite characters. I don't <laughs> know the Batman universe well enough to be like, oh, yes, the Red Hood, but I have heard those words spoken before. Uh, one day. One, one day. day when we do a Batman podcast. That'd be fun. Um, I would like to be more well-versed in superheroes. Uh, full confession, I, I only actually read comic comics, like Batman comics, for three or four years in university. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the animated series, and I mm-hmm. have and thrived on... the animated on... series is brilliant. Oh, yes. That I actually watched a, th- a bit of. That's all you need. Hmm, That's okay. a foundation. That's the one where Mark Hamill's the Riddler, right? The Joker. The Joker, sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, but then it's the fan fiction. Fan fiction is how I engage with most stories. 
Yeah, um, I which, bet uh, superhero fanfiction actually seems completely acceptable to me for some reason, when other fanfics mm. kind of make me feel squicky. Well, it's also been fanfiction for the last 60 years. Hmm. The, the creators of Batman wow, have been dead for well, yeah, I mean, yeah, three absolutely. generations of artists, right? Yeah, my favorite um, Superman comic actually is basically fanfiction. So. Great. Yeah. It's about, I'm just going to plug it a little, it's about if Superman had landed 12 hours later in Soviet Russia. Oh, and yes. And he becomes a hero for uh, the Soviet Russians. It's called Superman Red Sun, and it's brilliant. I know the one. Yeah. I know the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the line is much blurrier in mm-hmm. things that have been serial for that long, um, including Archie Comics. Including Archie Comics. Um, Bring it back. <laughs> I think something that I love about Riverdale is it is deep fan fiction. Oh, right? yeah. It is, it is, yeah. It is it fan is media. It is so good. And it is made by people whose grandparents could have grown up on second or third generation Archie comics, right? We're four generate, three or four generations or five generations into Archie comics. Are we? I didn't, I didn't know that. We're deep, deep in hmm. Archie comics. Um, I know it was old when my uncle started collecting it, and uh, hmm. and I inherited a lot of those. Not inherited, the, not not dead inherited, but like cleaning out the Blood shed. Given. Yeah, <laughs> inherited, and um. Speaking of weird yeah. inheritance, should we move on to Cheryl? Heck yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl. Poor Cheryl in the last episode. Oh, poor Cheryl. Always. Oh, Nick paying for her meal. Pops just fills me with that. was the cat. That yeah. was little Alina. We're back at in a cameo. Chloe's house with the se- the other cat, the, the Shire cat. Um, and she chirrups so adorably. She does. Um, Riverdale gang featuring Alina. Hmm? Um, Alina belongs to Nicole, and Alina will be leaving us January first. I'm we... getting my pets in while I can. Well, she'll, we sh- she shall be missed. Oh. Ooh, she just swatted Ryan. Yep. and meowed, <laughs> which you can hear. Um, Cheryl and getting her mom on her side yeah. in a manipulative but still very mo- emotionally potent way. That was charged. That was charged. That was charged. I enjoyed it. Cheryl, who I adore. Who I am delighted by, whose every moment on screen brings me happiness <laughs> and glee. Um, she's all over the place this season. Out of the way, Chacha. I was born for this. <laughs> um, I don't know how I feel about Cheryl's arc this season because it's mm. not an arc; it's a pinball game. Yeah, and she's not quite as empowered as she was last season. Like mm. she, like basically turn the tables on her parents and then Mm -hmm. set fire to her legacy Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah it's deeply cool yeah to avenge her beloved brother who was like her teammate against her parents yeah it's cool dynamic and now she and her mom are left to deal with each other but you're right it is a ping pong game i completely agree not an arc because i like i think the show is clear (laughs) with this as well that she's not one of our main characters and she's an ensemble character Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they seem to be on the cusp of giving her main character screen time, main character plot arc. Yeah, right? and she was definitely a big, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A big, uh, I'm making hand motions in the air. Yeah, there's gestures, there's a uh, big, indecipherable gestures She was a bit on. of a hinge. A lot of the plot hinged yes. on her last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <gasps> that was hard. <laughs> yep. And yeah. now she doesn't have a plot place, exactly. Except... Mm-hmm. In these tangential ways. Finding out who the sugar man is, for example. Yeah. Um, she gets to feature in everyone else's plot. But I still don't know what the plot of Cheryl is. And I don't 
know yeah. if Cheryl knows what the plot of Cheryl is. Like one of my my favorite Cheryl bit this season was her deciding Betty and Kevin are having a fight. I'm going to insert myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have a neutral position, and I'm going to be here for every beat of this fight because I want to. Yeah. Veronica's <laughs> going to give out t-shirts that will probably get her in trouble, and also Archie in trouble. I'm going to hand them out. Mm-hmm. There's a drag race. I belong in a drag race. I'm, yeah, I belong in a drag race. <laughs> I'm going to vent my feels on my mom by attending a drag race in a sexy outfit. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that was entirely... See, at her mom. I'm not sure I know what Cheryl wants. I'm not sure I know what Cheryl's motivation for existence is. Yeah. I have no idea what Cheryl's overarching motivation or goal is right now. She's just here for all of it. Yeah. She's a very strange character from, like, a narrative function. Yeah. I do I do find that um, this whole thing about her mom dealing with Nick's family mm-hmm. and basically pulling off this power play of accepting money to, to buy to buy off the family and to make Cheryl be silent mm-hmm. is very much in in opposition to the first episode where Cheryl bent the tube, the air tube, and was like, you mm. don't breathe or mm. whatever. You don't do anything without my permission. Yeah. And that seems to just sort of have dropped out of their dynamic. Mm. That seems odd to me. That ties to Cheryl not having a consistent arc, right? Yeah. There's not a... There's not an episode to episode direction for Cheryl. And I, I honestly wonder if, you know, in the in the story development mm-hmm. in the writer's room, you know, I imagine our four big characters had big charts written on the wall. Mm-hmm. Had like we know where their arc is, we know how it feeds in. And I doubt that existed for Cheryl. Mm-hmm. It, it seems more of a where does she fit? Here and 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 here. Yeah. Without anyone making that weird scatter plot. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It's not her season in the same way it was last season. No. Um, let us quickly move on to Kevin Keller. Yeah. Um I always as always I would like to see him do more. Incrementally um, more his season than the last season. He got a, an episode B plot. Yeah. Um, I will be disappointed. I think it's possible that the Black Hood is Sheriff Keller. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um, I will be very disappointed if that's so, because I felt that the moment between them will mm. be sort of negated. Totally. And that will be too bad. Yeah, we need more Burt Hummels on television. We need more Sheriff Kellers, and we need them not to be serial killers. Burt yes. Hummel is a Glee character, and one of the, the few redeeming things that held on past the second season of oh, the show. Oh, okay. Um, in just, like, positive representations of dads of queer kids hmm. being good. Being willing to learn. Right. And show honest affection for their their queer child. Yeah, and I would love to see Kevin and Sheriff Keller having... I don't even know what Sheriff Keller's first name is. Uh, has, have they even... I don't think they have. <laughs> um, it's probably Bob. Hmm. Or it's also Kevin. <laughs> or something. Um, what was I going to say? Or it's like Kendrick and they're both K-squared. You would like a scene between... I would like to, uh, to see the scene where they talk about it. Or even if mm. that's too on the nose, then something else. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what a good, like, not on the nose um, scene would be where there's a conversation. Because they do sort of have a conversation in the first season mm-hmm. where... Kevin makes reference to his sexuality and Sheriff Keller 
doesn't engage, but he yeah. doesn't turn it into a taboo subject. Yeah. Um, casual dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, we got an emotional charge support scene. Yeah, what I could, what I want more of is casual dialogue of Kevin and his dad just being at home and Kevin being unapologetic, unapologetically gay. Yeah. And talking about boys. Or I, they can have a, you know, Sheriff Keller ribbing his son about Joaquin, if that ever comes up. Yeah. Uh, I want friendly banter where there is no silent gay yeah. in the conversation. In fact, I, that's sort of when I knew that my dad was, like, comfortable with my queerness when I made, like, mm-hmm. we both sort of, we had a little bro-down moment. There was a, we have a very pretty veterinarian, and I sort of said, like, oh, mm-hmm. like, God, that woman's a, you know, that woman's so pretty or whatever. My dad went, kind of paused for a second, went, yeah, she's a real heartbreaker. And I was like, okay, we're there. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> that's, that, that. Yeah, that. Obviously not quite that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, Sheriff Keller's not also attracted to men. I, uh, but at the same time, a, a moment of them being dumbstruck and then realizing that they're both dumbstruck and that they're looking at something standing next, the two two people standing next to each other. I, again, I don't believe that's a scene that's going to happen. But yeah. that sort of casual something ca- yeah, interaction maybe, would be real Maybe satisfying. Moose and Kevin will get together. I'm here for that. That's... I'm here for that. That would be kind of a cool, like, football gay dude. Mm-hmm. Like, Buffy kind of tried to do it and didn't manage it. Mm. I don't know if you remember that from the first not, couple of seasons. There was a, a, a gay um, football player. It was played for laughs a little bit because mm-hmm. like, he thought Xander was also gay. And anyway. So did we all. Did we? Oh, I, <laughs> didn't, well, I didn't think that. We being a demographic we. Ah, I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, yeah, more Moose Kevin, Kevin, more Josie. I, I can be here for that. More Let's Ethel. chat about Josie. Because she's she she's... should be and is functionally at least a main supporting character, right? Yeah. She, she is easily in the ranks of Cheryl and Kevin. Yeah. Of frequent recurrent ensemble characters. Yeah, I want to know... I want to know more about her. I'm interested in her and her mom's dynamic and the mm. pressures on her to, of being, like, mm. the mayor's daughter. Um, I think it would be interesting if Josie got victimized somehow because of her mom's actions mm. and then took control of that situation in some way. Right. Some, something like that. It, I, I don't know. It's been presented to us that Josie is a leader. Mm-hmm. In her community, in her age, in her school. Yeah. Um, but I've taken it... As fact, because it's been said by other characters, and I've not seen the action. Josie, yeah. Josie has been established with a lot of talk, mm-hmm. more a talk about and talk around more than mm-hmm. seeing her do things, mm-hmm. um, and that well, she deserves more than that. Yeah, I, I'm ready for more from Josie. Yeah, um, the the death proof style, uh, high heels, kick beating of yeah. Nick was a lovely moment mm-hmm. for all the pussycats, but more please. Yeah. And with her words. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Um, I think that's basically the main characters. Yes. I mean, there's the parents, but... They're fine. <laughs> they're trucking along in relation to their children. Yeah. Stuff's happening. Yeah. Um, I think the... I still think the Black Hood is Mr. Cooper or Sheriff Keller. Hmm. I... 
honestly, I want it to be Mr. Cooper because he can leave now, please. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't um, done anything this season. I was disappointed by the reveal of the Sugar Man. I would want to have gotten more invested in that character and then have yeah. that reveal. It meant so little to me. Yeah. It, like... Just take twice as long to do yeah. what you do. Last episode was set up episode for set up episode for this coming episode, so I'm excited for the yeah. next episode. Please deliver real Riverdale. And I believe we've got two before Christmas break for sure. We've got we, more than two, surely. We're only on I episode think we six. We might only get two more before our Christmas break. I'm not positive. We're only getting about eight that. episodes. Oh no, there's I, there'll be a spring. Oh, I think there's like 35 total with the two seasons. So I think there's like oh, we're on chapter 19 right now. Yeah, exactly. So I think we might have another 16 episodes to go. Okay. I need to look up this stuff. Well, too bad we don't have the internet literally at the end of our arms. <laughs> oh, noes. Um, but I believe we have a Christmas hiatus coming as well. Okay. How many episodes, that's not how you spell episodes, um, does Riverdale hat season two have? How is this not thrilling to our adoring listeners? Mm-hmm. Not thrilling mm-hmm. at all. Uh, um, we just looked it up. There, um, are 22 episodes in season two. Um, I also just came across an article in my phone labeled, or rather with a headline, is there Riverdale on, on November 22nd? (laughs) We're not alone. (laughs) We're not alone. (laughs) Um, that was last night. Oh, that makes sense. Because it would have aired It's on television last night and it's on Netflix today. And, and. (laughs) But it was on neither, actually. I don't know. I know like one person my age who has television. Television these days. Like like cable? Yeah. Is that what they call it? Maybe that's um, one way of accessing it. Yeah, I don't I really I don't even know people in my parents' age group or like the forties mm. who don't have it like like when I nannied in LA it was mm. all like Amazon video, Netflix and like the Roku, which I don't think we have in Canada. Mm. Yeah, we do. Do we have Roku? Yeah, my, oh. I set my dad up one. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. Okay, we do have... It's a Roku. That a Roku. I'm calling yes. it the right thing. Okay. Yes. Hello, other There's cat. There's another cat here. The other cat has come a-calling curiously. Um, I think that might be it for me. Do you have anything you want to add, Ryan? No. Um, next week will be good. I think next week, uh, November 29th. No, November 30th. Is it one of those? Yeah, it is November 30th, because December 1st is Friday, which I know, because I'm going to the movies. Ooh, yes. Yes. Oh, the cat's purring now, Chloe. The cat is purring now. I wonder if our adoring listeners can hear the adoring cat purring. The gain is pretty high, but we might have to make him purr louder. Purr louder, Dario. Um, I think that's it. We're going to abandon y'all the pet cat. I know you'll understand. <laughs> um, as always, um, Riverdale is shot, and our podcast takes place on unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh unceded territory. And um, mm-hmm. we would like to thank Michael and Thunderquack. Quack. And this has been Riverdale Gang. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. See you next week.